Welcome back to the Psychic Jam. On today's episode, we are interviewing psychic medium Mary Ann Kennedy. You are listening to the Psychic Jam, a podcast that inspires holisticpreneurs like you to gain confidence, to learn, and to listen to your inner voice. Tune in as featured experts of the Psychic Associates discuss heavy and taboo topics, breaking down all the barriers of the realities of working in this industry. Welcome back to the Psychic Jam. Um, I'm here today with co-hosts Jay Lane and Amber Price, but we are interviewing today a very special gal. Her name is Marianne Kennedy. She is a psychic medium and an acclaimed award-winning and Canada's top psychic medium. She's a best-selling author. She's written books, How to Become a Medium, and recently just launched Advanced Mediumship. She is a spiritual educator, a soul-based coach, TV personality on her show, Ghosts of Dufferin County and Beyond. And along with that, she's the founding member of the School of Mediumship and Spiritual Studies. Marianne, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are super excited to have you here because this new book that you've written. Now, I have to confess, I haven't had a chance to read it. You just launched it. So I've ordered it, but it's not here yet. So <laughs> I'm excited to see it. But can you um, can you tell us a little bit more about that book? Absolutely. So this is my second book, and it's titled Advanced Mediumship. It's a masterful guide for the practicing medium. And yes, it was just uh, released last week by my publisher, which is Library Tales Publishing, and they're based in New York, New York. Um, and so we are getting them in Canada fast and furiously, but yes, it can take a couple of days for Barnes and Noble or Amazon or Indigo to get it out to you. Um, so that's totally understandable. Um, yeah, this book is um, intended for readers who, you know, they've read my first book, which is How to Become a Medium, which is sort of like a step-by-step -step guide to connecting with the spirit world. And they've done a little bit of learning and practice in between, or in some cases, a lot of practice and learning in between, um, depending on where they are. So, you know, it's it's targeted to, to folks that are students of mediumship who um, are either, you know, sitting on the precipice of going into professional work. You may have just launched in professional work, but you may be, you know, hung up on a couple of um, challenging situations or items. You might need a bit of a confidence boost. You might feel like, you know, you need a bit of a deeper guide in terms of how to navigate these waters. Um, and it's also for students of mediumship who, you know, have no desire to go into professional work, but you're ready to take your, um, your connection to spirit, your ability to receive them, your ability to translate their information, your ability to deliver their insights, their information um, in, a, in, a, in a bigger way to sort of up-level your practice. Um, so that's really the intention of the book is to provide you know, a guide and opportunities for learning for those who are beyond the initial stages of learning to connect with spirit. I think that's amazing. And I absolutely love that, Marianne, because so many people need that confidence. They need that boost, you know. So what were the challenges that they had writing this book? Like, given that you have your first book out there, How to Become a Medium, and, you know, how did you separate that to, to kind of delve into this advanced mediumship book? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, one of the biggest challenges when I first started writing um, the second book was, you know, where do I begin? Because I could leave off from where I left in the first book, which is, 
you know, sort of like the end of, of a beginner's journey. Okay. And then going into something we might just as a, to have a term of reference, something we might think of as, as like an intermediate's journey. But what I've found both in, um, you know, teaching live and when we all used to be together in person, teaching weekend workshops and, and seminars, et cetera, with large groups of people was that the intermediate component as a, as a, as uh, from a foundational learning perspective um, is pretty um, light. Let me just explain it that way, just in the content, but not in the practice. Intermediate phases of mediumship have some learning involved, but for the most part, you fill it with practice. You know, thinking about that, like 10,000 hours in the saddle, like whatever that looks like, we have to put that time in as mediums. And what I would say that the journey similarly to lots of other folks who do the same work as me, we did a lot of upfront learning, you know, workshops, travel, um, you know, books, exercises, etc. And we really soaked that all up as sponges and we were doing practice as well. But then in between that and when we felt like we were consistently accurate, confident, powerful, connected, um, what we had to do was almost like set aside book learning for a period and get into practice. You have to do you can't just learn about mediumship. You have to practice it. So my idea around going right from sort of beginner mediumship to advanced mediumship was that that in-between phase is really about practice. You know, it's really about that. And then how do you encompass practice in a book? It just didn't really make sense for me. And so when I start book two, you know, I start off by saying, hey, you should have read book one because there's a lot of basic information there about technique, approach, connection, delivery, et cetera that you need to know about. Um, and then the expectation is that you've done some practice in between. And so that was, that was a big decision that I had to make. Was I going to bypass intermediate practices and go to advanced? And, and I ultimately decided to do that because, you know, I, 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 we want to have substance in what we're producing as a writer. And so I, I, I needed that substance to be real and have some breadth to it. And so that's why I chose that. Um, and some of the other challenges, Jay, that I came across were, um, you know, because my life is full, it's full professionally, it's full personally, finding time to write is a challenge. <laughs> so it took me like a number of years from, you know, writing the first pieces of information down, you know, to the end of it, it took me a number of years to finish it. And I also revised and threw out and revamped and, you know, made multiple iterations. So time was a was a challenge, but I never really viewed it as a challenge. Because as all of you know, you know, everything that we do, um, especially in this part of our life is very spirit guided. And so I understood, I didn't feel a rush. I felt like whatever I needed to produce to share was going to come out in its own timing. And so, you know, even though that might look like it was a challenge, I felt comfortable and confident that, you know, what I was supposed to bring out from my own life, my own experiences, my own soul to share with other people would be available in the timing that it, that was, you know, you know, necessary and useful. So I trusted that. I think that's amazing. It's true. You can't make icing until you make the cake, you know, and you have to really practice because practice is what makes perfect. And it also is what helps you trust the process, you know, so I think that's great. So tell me about some highlights of your own that you'd like to share with us from your book, because I, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can think of so many. It's, it's hard to isolate. I mean, I guess a couple, you know, one of the chapters that I had to add, actually, once the manuscript was finished, um, I had to go back and add was, you know, mediumship in the age of technology. 
because, okay. you know, prior to COVID, and I, and I'm sure that this is probably similar to most of you, although Jay, I know that you're a little bit remote geographically speaking, I guess that's from my perspective. Okay. That, you know, most of the sessions we would do private sittings or even group events um, would be in person, right? Like face to face. And so when 2020 hit that, changed radically for everybody. And, you know, I know that I'm, I'm sure the same as you guys, you know, I always did remote readings, but they would usually be over the phone, maybe like a video, maybe definitely email, email correspondence, but, you know, from, you know, 20, 2019 to 2020 and all the way to now, you know, 2023, you know, 100% of the work that I do is remote. Um, and so, you know, while we're making a return to in-person live events, you know, the, the regular sitting for private sittings with clients, it's all virtual. And so while that was easy for me, because I had already been doing remote readings, just not at the percentage comparatively to, you know, in-person settings, there are a lot of folks. I mean, I have a number of students over the years who I would challenge them, you know, in an eight week course to do one of their practice readings over the phone. And most of them were pretty frightened to do that because they were afraid of the idea, you know, that I might not be able to connect if I'm not face to face. But as we know, you know, time and space is totally irrelevant to the work that we do. It's totally irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was a lot, there was a learning curve for folks prior to COVID to um, connecting with the spirit world and a, and a living person, not in real time or not face-to-face. -face. And so I realized that, well, you know, if that's true in my slice of the universe, in terms of my own experiences, then there are going to be a number of people out there that also have the same concerns. And so I had to write an entire new chapter um, addressing that. And, and what I really like what you said, Jay, you said that, you know, um, the confidence come from, comes from experience. And I always say that to students, I say, you know, the only way to trust that what you have coming through is useful or is accurate or is in some way accurate or important is to test out the theory. You have to do this, right? And, and even if it's not always accurate, you're going to learn something from what was inaccurate. Either your interpretation was inaccurate, the person you're reading for may not remember or may not even know about this information and they may follow up with you a week from now and say, hey, Jay, I know what that was about or hey, Marianne, this is what it was. Um, so I love that you talked about that because it, it does really the book in the book I talk about, you know, highlighting the importance of practicing mediumship. You have to do it. And I think that's so important when it comes to it, but you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it is so important. And I love that you went in and revised it to add that technology piece because it can be scary. And <laughs> I have heard many times, how does this work? This can't work if you do it this way. I'm like, I can assure you it works, whether you are here or in Japan, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? So it is nice to have the technology piece that, you know, it it kind of shortens that gap between people. So I love that you added that in because times are changing and the way that we used to do things years ago, even a year ago is different. So to have that information, keep yourself on the cutting edge of teaching people how to do those things is amazing. And I would love to know what inspired you to become an author, because this is your second book and I know there'll be more to follow, I'm sure. Um, but what inspired you to actually sit down and say, I'm taking all of my information, well, maybe not all of it at the same time, but I'm going to take this piece of information and I want to create a book for people. 
Yeah, it's a super question. I remember it was so, I remember a moment, it was like a singular moment and how often in life do things actually occur like that? Not often, right. but in this case, there's this singular moment. I remember I was walking a client out from my office and this would have been in 2013, maybe, yeah, probably 2013. Um, that was when sort of the first inspiration came about. I'm walking her out of my office and as you know, she's leaving, she turns around and says to me, is it really true? Like, can I, can I feel him when he's around? And she's talking about her husband. And, um, is it true that like, I could get information from him that I could get a message from him? I said, yeah, it's absolutely true. And then we had a conversation about, you know, what that might look like, how, how to perhaps recognize it, how to perhaps perhaps up your possibilities of being able to recognize and receive. And as she's, you know, leaving the door, I'm thinking to myself, how many times have I said that this week? And I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm counting it, right? And I'm realizing that I keep, you know, being presented with the same questions and the same gap of information, at least in my slice of the universe, is there where folks don't know that even if you're not born this way or born a medium or born perceptive or born sensitive, that you can learn and develop and become a medium and become an excellent one. So that was like the moment that said, hey, I keep repeating the same message, but I'm delivering it individually. And I feel like there's so much power behind this information and I don't covet it. I've never coveted the wisdom that I've gained from spirit or my own life. I share it. Um, and there's nothing wrong if you do covet it because it's all of our, it's our own journey, right? But I feel an inspiration to share it. I always have. And so that was the moment where I said, I have to deliver this information um, at large, you know, beyond one, one-to-one. -one. That was important. And of course, that, that very moment, you know, is always underscored by, you know, spirit making you feel like you just lifted off the ground because that was important. You were animated by a thought beyond, you know, something fleeting. And that's always an indicator. And I do talk about this in my second book as well, recognizing the animation as it occurs within you um, to say, Hey, that's your pathway head toward that. Yeah. That's beautiful because you have to, you have to heed to those things. When you get those synchronicities, when you get those repeating messages, if that's the difference when we're, when we're following those things and taking action on them, what a beautiful path and journey you can actually be able to take and explore. Um, it's, it's a pure example of being able to get messages and you following them. And then all of a sudden, you know, really inspiring and raising up the vibration of the collective. So I love that you were able to receive it and then take action on it. Yeah. One um, of the things I talk about in the book, just on that note is, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I talk, I talk about manifesting in, in a chapter and living, you know, a spirit guided life or a spirit led life. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that happens, and I know that you guys will understand this is that sometimes we have that insight or that inspiration or that animation that is coming from either our highest self, or it's, you know, from a spirit person or a guide or, you know, a spirit team member. And, one of the things that we can sometimes do is while we receive that inspiration, we can sometimes make an assumption that the timing of the manifest is in the now. And a lot of the times over my journey, and I'm sure you've experienced this, um, you know, it's not about putting it into action now, but it's it, it's at the time to start swelling in the mind and in the and in the heart, start brainstorming, start tapping into what 
what would that feel like? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So that we can begin sort of like throwing out an ember out into the future. It's not ready to catch yet, but we need to plant the seed. And so the timing is, is, is a big part of that. And then, you know, I've worked with a number of clients, of course, over the years who say, you know, I really felt like, and, and they're, you know, their students or spiritual practitioners and even professionals themselves, they say, I really felt so guided and inspired to launch this thing. And then it kind of crashed and burned. And as we tap into the energy of it, what comes up oftentimes is that, yeah, the essence of that was correct. You, you were to receive the inspiration that way, but the current of energy, you know, in the universe um, wasn't ready to sustain that just yet. You're to hold that briefly. So what is happening is I like to describe it like it's a yellow light. It's not a green light to go. You're not green lit, but you're yellow lit. So start building, hold, wait for the green. And so sometimes as, you know, even spiritually connected people, um, we have to ask two questions. Okay, what is the insight? What's that about? But then we also sometimes have to ask, what's the timing of this? Because we can't assume that it's the now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a huge factor because I never even think of it as being in the now. I guess a lot of people would. I guess people think, oh, I have this idea. I have to do something with it now. Yeah. I always just kind of float around and wait. <laughs> Yes. around and wait for things to kind of line up and where I'm like, Ooh, I feel really like drawn to it. And that momentum is there. And yeah, yeah sometimes that's an indication of your connection, right? That's an indication mm -hmm. of your connection that not only with the, like the form information, like the details of the particulars of it, you're tapped into the essence of what this thing is to become. Right. But not everybody is immediately connected that way. They have right. an insight of inspiration. For example, you know, someone might wake, wake up one day and feel like I'm supposed to be a medium. I know that sounds drastic, but a lot of people have had had those experiences. I'm sure right. you've worked with clients yeah. and students who have, right? And so they make the assumption that holy smokes, like this is the time I'm ready. You know, I took that class a couple years ago. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> Haven't done a lot in between, but I'm ready. So it's like it's just that example of we're not all connected into the the the, the sort of deepest essence of what something is. We might capture part of it, but not the entirety of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so anyway, it's, it's, a, it's something I talk about in the book, because it's a good way, especially if you want to go into professional practice, it's a good way to approach inspirations um, that you have, um, so that you don't experience, you know, a hit to the confidence, because yeah, you got the message correct, but the timing wasn't quite there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good point in the book too, to cover for sure, because I think people lose momentum and they might get frustrated too about like, well, if I got this, how come I am not a medium today? How come I don't know what to do? Or, you know, if I'm wanting something, it's taking forever and then I'm just going to forget about it and move on. And, and a lot of missed opportunities there to connect and align properly or for your journey. Right. So that's, that's a really great point to cover for sure. I love that you wanted to be able to take this, what you were describing as like a gap in the information you were receiving in your universe to put it into words on paper for people. Um, but there are people who like to kind of get into your energy and want to be able to spend time with you. Do you have any other ways um, that people could connect with you to learn mediumship? Yeah, for sure. So I have a lot of uh, learn at home programs where you don't have to have, you know, real time with me virtually. Um, but you do do case studies and homework and submit that to the office and those things get marked and we correspond that way. And so I support that journey um, of learning, even though most of it is on your own, it, you know, it's very guided with videos and manuals and, 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 and workbooks, etc. 
um, so, so that um, I do, I do teach development circles. I work with select groups of people, um, not large groups in development circles because I really believe in quality work. You know, I'd rather not do a development circle with a hundred students. I'd rather do it with 10 uh, because, you know, the, then your contact time with me is uh, more significant and you make, you know, better progress in your own development. If you have that, you know, quantity and quality of access to me. Um, and so I do, I do work with development circles throughout the year. Um, and then of course I teach, you know, uh, workshops and, and do special events as well. Most of those are virtual, although, as I said, in-person sort of galleries are going back to in-person in the next, uh, couple of months. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, I, I'm available that way. And of course, you know, a lot of my week is mostly spent with clients, but uh, a good portion of it is with students as well. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean, you've really, you've covered so many incredible aspects of the book. I can't wait to get it. For one, I can't wait. Um, can you share where everyone can find you and the book and your courses? course yeah so uh, my website is a great spot so mariannekennedy.ca um I also I have a Facebook page that's so spiritual media Marianne Kennedy I do have Instagram but I barely used it I'm the same <laughs> it's way. just a lot to manage it's like you're either Instagram or Facebook moment and it's just the way that it, it tends to tends to work that it's best easiest managed that way so um so that and of course my book is available through all major book retailers across North America and I also just learned this week that yes we're in the UK now too so it's there I'm not sure about other uh locations just yet book one was uh global um and I know that because I've had correspondence from folks all across Europe um across the world other continents um, and so, uh, yeah, so, and, and it's even on Amazon. So I, I think that's a lot of, it's a go-to for a lot of people, but other folks yeah. want to support smaller book retailers. Um, and most, um, small book retailers in, um, Southern Ontario will eventually also have my book. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Always such a pleasure to see your gorgeous face and be in your amazing energy, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you guys coming. so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. Thanks for listening to The Psychic Jam. Please share if you liked our podcast. For more information on our services, or if you'd like to be listed on our directory, please visit thepsychicassociates.com.